You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. As a longtime foreign correspondent, I've worked in lots of places, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I'm Jane Perlez, former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. Join me on my new podcast, Face Off, U.S. versus China, where I'll take you behind the scenes in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. Find Face Off wherever you get your podcasts. Recorded in Chicago, Illinois, with your hosts, Ken, Matt, Neil, and Jeff, this is Triviality. Hello, welcome to Triviality, the game where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. My name is Ken, here in the studio with Jeff and Neil. How are you guys doing today? Yeah, doing okay. I was say, I think Neil and I are a little worse for wear. Yeah, I mean, Jeff, you said that your mouth is killing you, and, and my Neil, thro- you my said th- your throat? My throat slash esophagus is killing me. Is that, like, related, or...? Uh, no, nothing happened with us together. Okay. Separate procedures. Separate medical incidents. <laughs> Jeff was there for my procedure. I was there for his procedure. It's nice that you're there for each other. Yeah. I, they wouldn't let him bring a golden retriever. So So Jeff had his wisdom teeth out is what we're getting at. So we hope that uh, it removed some wisdom and we can, uh, you know, beat him for once. Bring him down to our level. Yeah. And I just had an endoscopy, but they didn't find anything in my stomach. So That's good. Yeah. <laughs> I like how that's serious. <laughs> I'm glad everybody's in okay health. Not yeah. good health, but okay health. We have Matt in LA. He's doing great probably, right? Yeah, I just had some wisdom teeth inserted, so I'm really hoping for a good showing today. <laughs> do they do that? I don't think so. <laughs> you went to that special like surgeon? Well, here in LA, you can get anything done. You get anything you want. <laughs> Taylor Cook hooked him up with a, a back alley wisdom tooth doctor. All right, well, we're in a funny mood today. Uh, we have a special guest host today. We're super excited. One of our favorite guest hosts. So excited, in fact, that I wore uh, actual pants made of a denim material. No way. Yeah, and that is Kellen McGuire. Welcome Hi. back. Hi. Hi. I miss you all. Yeah. Well, you are a Savage Superstar um, Patreon supporter. We appreciate that. And can you remind the audience a little bit about yourself? Even though they um, heard you a lot. Yeah. Just like, shut up already, right? Yeah, um, right? <laughs> no. Um, uh, I live and work around Chicago, working remotely currently. Um, just chilling. Just trying to fill my time so I don't have to think about anything real. There you go. Well, so, nothing lots is... of hobbies and projects lately. No, nothing's more unreal than uh, Triviality Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> This is the uh, the Matrix reality, is we all wake up and we're in the Triviality studio. All right. Uh, well, today I think I'm going to team up with Jeff to try to uh, beat these guys at Kellen's game. Jeff, 
Any team name idea? Um, well, as you know, I'm, I'm reeling from my loss of wisdom, so I will defer to you. All right. Uh, well, I think we'd have to, um, since we lost wisdom, I think we have to rely on another stat. So we'll be uh, Team Charisma. Ooh, I like Team Charisma. Matt, what do you want to be today? I don't know. I can't think of anything. Well, you're, you're Hawthorne Hawks. We, we've been watching footy. We have a, a private footy group uh, with the Benchwarmers podcast. And you're a Hawthorne Hawks fan now, and they had a huge comeback. Mm-hmm. So how about the comeback kids? All right, well, let's hope for that. They uh, have the worst uniform colors. Yeah, I was just looking at merch actually right now instead of paying attention, and none of it's good. (laughs) All right, well, let's toss it to the rules guy, and uh, you can continue looking up merch. The rules of the game are simple. 20 questions split into two rounds worth 10 points apiece. At halftime, there'll be a special swing round designed by this week's host. After regulation, players will enter the final round with the points that they've accumulated and will have a chance to wager 0 to 30 points on five categorized questions. At the end of the game, someone will be named the cream of the crop. I am the cream. Yeah. All right, uh, Matt, you find anything good in the merch store? Uh, No, they have a really ugly logo. I know uh, Neil was also checking a merch store. Did you find anything good? I found a lot of good stuff, but it's actually at our own merch store over at T Public. Any opportunity? You have to. You have to. Anytime you can plug something, and, and if you're not an electrician, you have to plug a merch store. So, so what? What did you buy today from our own merch store? Well, I didn't want to buy any designs that reference me at all. So, um, I definitely got a cream of the crop T-shirt. Uh, I got a Quentin Tarantino uh, mug. Uh, that you would talks- never get the Quentin Tarantino one because I know you hate feet. <laughs> well, I got it so I could destroy it. <laughs> <laughs> merchandise right. purchase for the purposes of destruction is still a valid purchase we'd right. like to endorse mm-hmm. that yeah if you don't like us you can still buy something but just destroy it and but buy it first all right well speaking of destruction it is time to destroy this game right jeff yes absolutely can we're going to destroy team whatever they said <laughs> the, comeback kids. the comeback kids well we have to get down first so you might do well at the beginning all right let's do it question one this one is a little bit on brand, but I thought it would make for a fun intro. Um, which mid-80s Muppet movie provided the inspiration for the Muppet Babies TV show? Kellen, you have a good connection to the Muppets. Uh, why don't you tell everyone what that is? I have a little podcast um, with a friend of mine where we just watch or in the recent episodes case, we listen to stuff that the Muppets have done. And then we talk about it um, and put it out there. We have no regular schedule. We have uh, no plan. It's just kind of winging it so far. What's it Um, called? It's called Old Friends Who've Just Met, which is a reference to the song Gonzo sings in the Muppet movie. Um, And yeah, it's out there wherever you listen to podcasts, I think. So... Yeah, Give it a little check listen. it out. Matt, if you're okay with uh, the answer that I mentioned to you, we can lock in to let these guys talk. Yeah, because I don't think there's that many. So that's a, that is one that exists. So we can lock in. Okay, Jeff. Um, so the Muppet movie that inspired the Muppet Babies. I'm going to be honest. I haven't seen too many of the Muppet movies. Um, that surprises me. I've seen the new ones, and I've seen the Christmas Carol one. Um that's a, one of the probably the best so yeah I, i'm thinking maybe it's muppet treasure island because 
I think that book, that story involves children and the Muppets are not like kid characters. So maybe it's that one. Okay. I'm happy to lock that in. I took Kellen's uh, clue in the question about the time period into consideration. And uh, the one that I thought would fit best when it comes to Muppet Babies was Muppet Takes Muppets Take Manhattan. So that's what we locked in with. And the correct answer is the Muppets Take Manhattan. There was a dream sequence um, in the song that Piggy sings when they're taking a carriage ride through Central Park where they're all baby Muppets. And so they were like... Let's capitalize on this opportunity. Have you taken Manhattan, Kellen? Um, when I was in fourth grade, we took a trip and I took over Manhattan and I brought a disposable camera with and instead of taking pictures of the sites, I just took 25 pictures of pigeons. <laughs> <laughs> That's one way to do it. <laughs> um, and I think they all got thrown away <laughs> except for oh, one. No. So... Um, question two. For the last three years of his life, Christian Bale's father, David, was married to which famous activist, best known for her writings and for co-founding Ms. Magazine and the Women's Media Center? I heard this information for the first time about 11 hours ago. Really? So we will lock in. Well, when I think of um, famous female activists... Normally at the top of the list is Gloria Steinem. Um, she would kind of be in the right age range for his dad, I would think. I'm not sure how old he is, but mm -hmm. um, I know she's, you know, uh, into all different types of uh, media, you know, magazines, um, documentaries, films, that kind of thing. So um, that would be my guess, but I'm, I'm not 100% on it. Well, you have more uh, thought behind it than I do, so we can go with that one. Gloria Steinem. And as I said, uh, I was playing Trivia Murder Party late last night, and uh, this question came up, and it was the first time I've ever heard it, but we said Gloria Steinem. And the correct answer is Gloria Steinem. I didn't know this was in a Trivia Murder Party game. Yeah, they got a lot Googling... of questions in those. <laughs> I was reading Good. about Christian Bale, and it was like, his stepmom was... I learned a thing, and I, it turns out I can retain information for 12 hours. Wow. Not 13. Oh, Not 13. good no. for you. <laughs> About three people got that. <laughs> that was a good impression, uh, though. All right. Um, I'll jump to question three. Uh, one more marriage-related question, I guess. Richard Nixon's youngest daughter married the grandson of which 20th century president? All right, Jeff wrote down a few names. Um, we are picking one, and we are locked in. All right, Matt, I have no idea on this one. Um, I was just trying to think of presidents that had daughters. So I know it's definitely not Clinton, but that's all I got. Well, that is the wrong line of thinking because it was you're looking for sons, grandsons. Oh, right? well, that would that because would help. It's Nixon's daughter. Uh, that's presumptuous, so... Matt. No, it was <laughs> oh, in the question. Right. <laughs> okay. Grandson was in the question. <laughs> I was like, oh, am I getting canceled? Um, <laughs> not for that. No. No. For something else, maybe, but not for that. So 20th century presidents, can you name four? Ford, Carter, Johnson, Lyndon B. Johnson, Kennedy. You did succeed. That is four. There you go. I don't think Congrats. it'd be Kennedy because we would probably, we would know that. We know everything the Kennedys do. 
I don't know much about Lyndon B. Johnson or Gerald Ford. I don't know. I bet I bet Jimmy Carter has a handsome grandson. I bet so too. He's probably really gentlemanly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like right. that. Let's let's go, Jimmy Carter. So we think you guys went the wrong way on the time spectrum, right? Yeah, because I, I would think if it's Nixon's kid and the other person's grandkid, you'd want to go older, right? So we went with uh, Dwight Eisenhower. And the correct answer is Dwight D. Eisenhower. Good guess, Jeff. Wow. Julie Nixon good, good reasoned and... guess. And I was um... like, "Who's an older Republican?" Yeah. <laughs> I was say it works well. They were both twenty, mm. so the way that that aged out. I can't imagine getting married at twenty for myself. I was not. God no. <laughs> um. Question four, Matt. I think this would be more your speed. There are two decades between 1900 and 2020 in which none of the big four Chicago teams won a league championship, including pre-AFL NFL consolidation in 1970. So just name one of those decades. So I'm looking for an answer like the 2020s or the whatever, like that. So just to clarify that this is no championships of the big four sports, but that includes five teams because we have the Cubs and the Sox, right? Yes. Okay, sounds good. You you said you had a hunch? We can we can lock in. All right, so not the going backwards sixties because the Hawks won. Okay. Not the nineties, because I think there was a well, the pretty Bear, good basketball team. Bears won in the eighties. Not the eighties. Um let's go with the seventies. I was thinking either that or the fifties, because I know the Bears won in the forties. Yeah, but I don't know what happened in the fifties at all, so yeah. 70s like, it is. Oh, these sports teams are pretty good. See? We will we Maybe those the 1940s or 30s. Yeah. We will go with the 1970s. Uh yeah, I think the I think the 70s is a strong contender. My other I think the other decade might be the 30s, but um we're going to lock in with the 1970s. And that's correct. It's either the 50s or the 70s. So actually, Jeff, you were right on track with that. Um, in the 30s, just for the record, the Bears won in 32 and 33, and the Blackhawks won for the 37-38 season. These sports teams well. can't hit the broadside of a barn. <laughs> Catherine Hepburn, what are you doing here? <laughs> hey, Dana, have me my shoulder pads. <laughs> okay, well, moving on to question five. When I was in drama school, a puck was just a character in a Shakespeare play. I hate when Catherine Hepburn bursts into the studio unexpected. I told Bogey, I says, I, I smoke cigarettes with no filters because I don't have one either. You're an absolute brute, you are. All right, question five. Jeff, do you have a Hepburn? Oh <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm too busy imagining this like Catherine Hepburn Kool-Aid man where she just bursts into a wall. Yeah, to look out for it's refreshing, delicious, and blue. <laughs> and we have our episode no. title. Thank you. Question five. <laughs> There's disputing information based on the source on what the most popular street name is in the United States. However, there's consistency with the order of first, second, and third. And by that, I mean which street name consistently ranks the highest out of first, second, and third. And when you say street names, you mean the names of streets, not what we are known on the streets? Correct. Like, like Correct. Uh, Jeff here is known as uh, Jay Swizzle. 
<laughs> That's not what you mean. No. Okay. Oh, God. And it's Ken Bone, right? <laughs> no, not Ken Bone. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's Ken underscore Bone, so his Reddit history is not questionable. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm undecided on my street name, guys. Undecided street name, Ken Bone. <laughs> Mine I never is, uh, thought Tiger I'd hear Bone. a Ken Bone joke again. Oh, <laughs> well, you don't listen to the show back. because we make them all the time. Oh, my God. Red Sweater Boys with Ken Bone. <laughs> okay, well, uh, this is pretty much a guess. We'll just we'll just guess. All right, so when Kellen read the question, uh, I initially thought, you know, first or Main Street. But then when she mm-hmm. ended the question, she said, First, second, and third. And I don't know if she's literally meaning street names, first, second, and third, or what comes. She does. She does. Okay. So in that case, I feel like it's a trick question. And maybe a lot of first streets are also called Main Street or something that else. Would, that would be my guess is they're either like, or they're ceremoniously renamed. And then they, because you don't, you wouldn't like name second street after somebody. That'd be kind of a slap in the face, I would think. Right? I don't know. That makes sense to me anyway. So you guys are going with Second Street? Yes, Second Street. And we are going with Second Street. <laughs> the correct answer is Second Street. Good um, job, guys. This is a good game so far. Yeah, good game. It is 40 to 40. Ah, trading punches wow. back and forth. What do you think about that, Catherine? Yeah, I love fisticuffs. Keep it going. <laughs> Quit talking to yourself, man. There is actually there's one game for all you triviality listeners that you'll never know about. You'll never find it. Was it was just it was just Neil doing all of the voices. Well, Ken had to leave unexpectedly for I forget what it was, 20 minutes, and Jeff was sitting next to me and I was pretending to have full conversations with Ken and he was not here. <laughs> and so you'll never know which episode it was because I don't even remember, but it's on an episode. Yeah, that really happened. <laughs> it's great. Cuz I go, "Ken, what do you think about this?" Yeah, that's that's a pretty good answer. I think we should go here. You're never here. <laughs> Chaos. That's that's how it really works behind the scenes here. I'm not even here today, so. Okay, <laughs> question six. There are three time zones with a 45-minute offset of coordinated universal time. One is in the Chatham Island, one is used in two small areas of Australia, and the third is the official time zone of what Asian country? The offset listed as UTC plus 545, is due to the meridian of their standard time being placed at a mountain east of their capital. All right, Jeff has written down two answers on the paper, and uh, you could just pick one, and uh, I'll be good with that. So we're locked in. Matt, I have no idea um, kind of what was even said in this question. All I could think about was Morris Day and the time, uh, the band. Mm-hmm. So Wait, I, you're telling me that you guys don't look at time zone maps like I do? I, I do not. I knew Jeff probably would know this, but I really have no idea. So if, uh, do you have any idea on this question? So let's look at the some facts. Some people like adult videos. Jeff likes time zone maps. <laughs> I feel like I'm the one who's not missing out on anything. So that's where Jeff goes to Bed Bath & Beyond. Yeah. And in the Beyond section, there's a, a beaded entry and he goes through it and there's time, <laughs> time zone, zone maps. <laughs> The local family video has a second room for just time zone maps. Behind swinging doors. That's right. When Um, Angie finds stuff hidden under the bed, it's maps. Time time zone maps. Jeff, not again. You said you'd stop. (laughs) Isn't our time zone enough? Um, (laughs) We're looking at back to the the matter at hand. (laughs) 
We're looking at Asia. We're looking at mountains. What are we looking at? Uh, I uh, mean, Mongolia. Okay, yeah. They got mountains. They, probably. probably. That's probably where the the uh, I forget what the mountain range that Mount Everest is in, but it's probably around that by Thailand, around that area. No, not Thailand. Yeah. That is very confused. Uh, yeah, that is. Those are not <laughs> next to each other. Um, let's let's go Mongolia. Okay. You might not be wrong with something near Nepal. I feel like this might be in the greater Himalayas region. We guess Pakistan. Well, I'm sorry to say the answer is Nepal. Mm. Um, just for like perspective, when it's noon in Chicago, it's 1045 in Nepal. Um, and there's also eight time zones that have a 30 minute offset. So time is made up everybody on that note this episode is running long so let's move on to question seven okay question seven while male athletes compete in the decathlon for the olympics what multi-event competition do the female athletes participate in yeah i agree with that okay all right we're, we're locked in so i think it's i think it's f- five events so like a quint- I, quintathlon no i think yeah, you have all that quintup anger. Yeah, just a quinto. Five or six, maybe. I, I the name that's coming to me is either is heptathlon, which I think would that be six? I don't know how many it is. because um, I know they don't do they don't do shot put and they don't do I don't think they do javelin throw. So heptathlon? Yeah, but I don't know how many that I think that's six. That sounds familiar. I, I don't I know. know. You can just give me the thing. name of it. You don't have to give me the name. Oh, okay. Well, then. I'll take either, but, you know, whatever you give me. Yeah, let's go heptathlon then. Okay. We also said heptathlon, which I think is seven, but I can't remember. It is the heptathlon, which is seven events for question seven. That was my hinty hint. Question eight. On April 19th, 2018... King Swati III of the Kingdom of Swaziland announced that the country would be renamed what? Yep, we will lock in. I've been waiting years for this question. I know you have. <gasps> Approximately two years. This is Matt's favorite trivia question. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I answer this for every single question. <laughs> Glad I could help. Yeah. That would be Eswatini. We agree. We said Eswatini. Yeah, the Kingdom of Eswatini. Well, I know their 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 HBO has a really uh, popular show there, East Watinian Down. Um, I think it's produced by. Uh... <laughs> Stop. No mas. <laughs> um, okay, question nine. In the Blues Brothers, the brothers and the band impersonate the good old boys to get a gig at Bob's Country Bunker. In order to impress the clientele who like both kinds of music, country and western. They perform which two songs? I think we can lock in, Matt. I was hoping. This is one of the movies that has slipped through the cracks for me and I've never seen. Yeah. Uh, so I have no idea. Well, I know the the Blues Brothers, that was, they didn't they do like Give Me Some Lovin'? Didn't they do a cover of that? I mean, probably, but I think we're talking about country western songs. Yeah. Country and western. Country and western. I have not two seen genres. Either, so. All right, we're We're tapping. There's no way we're going to get this. All right, we'll say rawhide, and we'll say tequila. Not a chance. Um, the answer is theme from rawhide and stand by your man. 
Oh, that's right. <laughs> um, and Ken and Jeff, I expect for you both to have watched this the next time we we see each other. All right. Well, maybe I'll check it out. <laughs> okay. We'll see. We'll see. Question 10. On your candy, it may be referred to as confectioner's glaze. In fireworks, it acts as a low-temperature fuel that helps create bright blues and greens, mixed with solvents and makes a popular wood finish, and in a nail salon, you might find it as a top coat. What is the name of this natural resin made from beetle excretion? Not vegan. How did they get Paul McCartney to agree to this? (laughs) I'm okay with that. Is that the right... That's definitely a... That's what their shells are made out of. All right. I don't that, know if it's an excretion. We'll, that's but... what we'll okay. go with. So you texted me Frosted Flakes, which I don't think is correct. <laughs> uh, made helpful. from real tiger. <laughs> I, I remember hearing this fact because I, I, I think someone was talking about, you know, how they just ate candy and it had these secretions on it. Or maybe I'm thinking of that that other You're secretion the... from like woodchucks or whatever it is that they use in. Or the the red five food coloring, which is also beetle shells. I, I don't know. I, I have no idea. So um Suc- sucrose. How about let's just let's just go gross. with uh yeah, how about how Ringo Cross. Ringo Cross. Let's just go with Ringo? that. <laughs> I don't know. All right. So they're going with Ringo Cross. <laughs> is that right? Be, that yeah, is that right. is correct. All right, great. Um, we think that this is not the man who wrote Jurassic Park, Michael Crichton. But I think it's pronounced Chitin or Chitin. Chitin, Yeah. The answer I'm looking for is shellac. Shellac. Mm. Oh, that's a oh punk, that makes sense. Punk band, shellac. That's the stuff that's on the outside that was of made from shells. Um, milk duds and jelly beans and candy corn. I was thinking of the trivia fact where it's like, and I know this sounds gross, but it's true. As someone said that there's like, they um, extract, I don't know if it's vanilla or something from like the oh. anal glands of yeah. a... Beaver you know butt juice. Pepper, peppermint. Yeah, yeah, beaver butt juice. Yeah, you get a... raspberry and vanilla, like natural flavoring from um, castorium. Mm. Mm. Right. Which actually makes for a nice lead into the mid-round. So. But, but first, <laughs> it is 60 to 60, still tied up. Oh, boy. Well, it's interesting that you mentioned castorium, beaver butt juice, because my mid-round is in honor of the return of Good Job Brain, the trivia podcast from way back when. Um, And one of their favorite things to talk about was Castorium Beaver Butt Juice. And so in honor of that, I've created a quiz similar uh, in tribute to their recurring Brad Pitt or Lasers quiz. Um, So I have 10 pairs of similar or competing people and things whose birth whose birth years or start days are going to be 16 years apart or less. The gap will get smaller as I go down the list. So I'm going to give you the time gap and the two subjects in question, and I just want you to tell me which came first. Okay. So the first one, with a gap of 16 years, Dunkin' Donuts and Pete's Coffee. Number two, with a gap of 12 years, Coca-Cola and Pepsi-Cola. Number three, with a gap of 11 years, Wheel of Fortune and Jeopardy, the original Art Fleming version. Number four, with a gap of nine years, Nikola Tesla and Thomas Edison. Number five, with a gap of eight years, Visa, 
and MasterCard. Number six, with a gap of seven years, the launch of Cartoon Network and the founding of Studio Ghibli. Number seven, with a gap of four years, Oreo and Hydrox Cookies. Number eight, with a gap of three years, (laughs) Kmart and Target. Number nine, with a gap of one year and eight months, the first appearance of the Fantastic Four, or the first appearance of the Justice League in their respective comic appearances. And last, with a gap of eight months, the births of Steve Jobs and Bill Gates. Speaking of the Fantastic Four, have I ever told you about the time I created Spider-Man? <laughs> How did you create Spider-Man? Well, I saw a fly crawling on the wall, and I thought maybe we could take a break and think about our answers, and we'll be right back. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey there. I'm Dylan Lewis, one of the hosts of Motley Fool Money. Each weekday on Motley Fool Money, we talk through the business news you need to know and the stories moving stocks on Wall Street. On weekends, we dive into the industries shaping tomorrow and host the experts, authors, and executives that understand them. Tune in for insights, a long-term perspective on investing, and of course, stock ideas, plenty of them. To quote a listener, it pays to listen. Check us out and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. He can crawl on walls and he can shoot webs and nobody's going to want to see that. And I said, just give them a shot. So they put them in the Fantastic Four and we are back with our answers. Yeah, that was an hour I'll never get back. <laughs> Isn't that the tagline for Triviality? <laughs> it should be. should be. Hey, welcome to Triviality. This is an hour that you'll never get back. My name is Ken. <laughs> <laughs> Question. All right. Number one, Dunkin' Donuts and Pete's Coffee. Uh, we were pretty sure it's Dunkin' Donuts. Uh, yeah, I think America's been running on Dunkin' quite a bit longer than it's been whatever they do with Pete's, so we said Dunkin'. <laughs> I presume dumping it down the drain. Come the correct on. answer. The answer is Dunkin' Donuts. Uh, first location was in 1950. Pete's was 1966. Uh, number two, Coca-Cola. And might I add, we have a 50% chance on all of these. So if we do worse than 50%, <laughs> we are uh, we have thwarted ourselves. That's a victory in That's and of itself, That's how that works, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right, number two. Uh, Coca-Cola and Pepsi-Cola. It's always Coca-Cola, right? Sure. I think that was a slogan of theirs for a yeah, while. Yeah, I think Pepsi copied them. Yeah, I believe Mr. Pemberton uh, started first, so we went Coca-Cola. Correct answer is Coca-Cola, 1886. Pepsi-Cola first marketed as Pepsi-Cola in 1898, but in 1893, it was marketed as Brad's Drink. <laughs> Give me now some of that. with more cocaine. Give me some of that refreshing Brad's. Do you need a pep in your step? (laughs) Only Brad's would buy it. So they were like, we need to sell better. Let's give it to people named Pepsi. Um, Number three, Wheel of Fortune and the original Jeopardy. Uh, We think this is the uh, OG Jeopardy. We also said Jeopardy. 
correct answer is Jeopardy. Wheel of Fortune first aired January 6, 1975. Jeopardy on March 30th, 1964. Um, Nikola Tesla and Thomas Edison. All right. We said that it was uh, Nikola Tesla. Who crowned first, right? Yes. That's how, that's how birthing works. Yeah. Yes. We also went with Tesla. The correct answer is Thomas Edison. His birthday is February 11th, 1847. Nikola Tesla, July 10th, 1856. Uh, Visa and MasterCard. Uh, For this one, we said Visa. Uh, This one, we said MasterCard. (gasps) Ooh, so a little drama. The (laughs) The correct answer is Visa. Um, 1958. MasterCard was 1966. Um, the launch of Cartoon Network and the founding of Studio Ghibli. Um, so we were pretty sure uh, Ghibli was founded in like the mid to late 80s, which is probably before Cartoon Network. Yeah, I, th- I thought this might be a trick question and Cartoon Network just happened to be older, but we played it safe and we went st- uh, Studio Ghibli. The correct answer is Studio Ghibli, um, June 15th, 1985. The launch of Cartoon Network was October 1st, 1992. Um, now for the really hard one, Oreo and Hydrox cookies. There's only one original. Hydrox. Hydrox. Yep. Hail Hydrox. <laughs> uh, the correct answer is Hydrox, um, 1908. Oreos were from 1912. Uh, Kmart and Target. Yeah, um, this was probably in our lifetime. I think I remember Kmart's first, so we said Kmart. I once had a uh, summer job uh, where I was working at a Target. I was actually the uh, the cleanup crew at night, and one night I actually got locked in uh, on accident, and uh, Jennifer Connelly and I had to run away from oh robbers, God. the, the <laughs> Mulroney brothers. There um, it is. But uh, we we figured Kmart was around a lot longer because uh, I remember when Target first came around, so that's, we also said Kmart. Correct answer is Kmart, but uh, it's older than you think. I think um, Kmart was from founded July eighteen ninety nine, and Target in June nineteen o two. Oh wow, that was not in my lifetime. Yeah, no, I well, am not. Uh, well, that we uh, know one hundred and twenty years old. Unless you just reveal to everybody that you are I'm actually a vampire, a, vampire. <laughs> a vegan vampire. Blah. Blah. <laughs> That's why we have to hang these uh, curtains over the the That's windows. Right. No daylight. What if we were the only vampire trivia podcast? That'd be pretty cool. It's a very niche <laughs> Talk market. about vampire <laughs> Yeah, and that's why everyone who comes into the studio on all the episodes you hear, you never hear from them again because we've converted them. Why has Twilight done this to us? <laughs> why do I have an accent? I've been living in America for 200 years. <laughs> oh, no. What if you had a Transylvanian transatlantic accent? <laughs> just try Just try it. <laughs> well, I think it would sound a little something like this. I, I, well, I says to him, I says, <laughs> I want to suck your blood over here, please. No, I always sound like an Italian uh, soccer fan or something. Yeah, this is getting All right, that's, from the, us. that's the best we're going to do. So let's go to number nine. <laughs> okay. Um, the first appearance of the Fantastic Four and the first appearance of the Justice League. Uh, we said Marvel was copycats with the team up comic and we went with Justice League. Uh, yes, we also went with the Justice League. Correct answer is the Justice League, March 1960, Fantastic Four, November 1961. And finally, the smallest gap of eight months, Steve Jobs and Bill Gates. And we went uh, William Gates. 
we did as well. Correct answer is Steve Jobs. He was born February 24th, 1955, and Bill Gates was born October 28th, 1955. Okay, we have the first separation of the game. Uh, we achieved 40 points at the uh, Charisma Team Charisma, and we are at 100 points. Um, the Comeback Kids need a little bit of a comeback. Just a little comeback, because they're at 95 with 35 points in the swing round. Jumping into round two. Question one. Which of these is not a listed character of the Thimble Theater, otherwise known as Popeye the Sailor, series? Peepie, Ham Gravy, or Lean Bean? That's fine, because I, I want to say I that was not the one I knew for sure was in there. Okay. So... All right, we are locked in. And just to confirm, you said pea pie, lean gravy, and what was the other one? No, nope. ham pea gravy, pie, ham gravy, and lean bean. Ooh. All right, I know which are coincidentally all of our street names. <laughs> uh, I know for a fact pea pie is a character, Matt. If that helps. Yeah, that's uh, Popeye's twin brother, right? Yeah, or kid? I can't remember. It's either his brother I don't know, or his I just kid. Just made that up. Um, Ham gravy sounds like that could be one of uh, Brutus's buddies, right? Oh, yeah. I could see that. Yeah. But lean bean sounds like that could be olive oil's schoolyard chum. Yeah, right. From back yeah. in the day who shows up to try to steal Popeye. I can't, I, yeah, I, I kind of lean towards ham gravy being uh, not a character. You don't think so? I don't know. I, I like your logic, though, about lean bean being olive oil's friend. Mm, it is made up. Um, let's go with ham gravy. I'm pretty sure ham gravy is one of the characters. What What do you think ham ham gravy is? I don't I don't remember, but I'm pretty sure I remember ham gravy being a character. All right, we're going with lean bean is not a character. And the correct answer is lean bean. I made that up. Ham gravy is Olive Oil's ex fiance, played right. by <laughs> played by Bill Irwin in the Robin Williams movie, um, and Peepie is one of Popeye's nephews, along with his brothers Pipeye, Poopeye, and Popeye. That's unfortunate. <laughs> isn't uh, isn't Lean Bean the guy on the street corner who can sell you some stuff? <laughs> hey, we got these these magic beans. If you plant them, a beanstalk will grow. Lean Bean. Into the woods. All right, question two. Not counting the actors who briefly portrayed the parents of the teenagers, all but two of the seven actors in The Breakfast Club made appearances on the TV show Psych. Paul Gleason, who played the teacher Mr. Vernon, had a pretty good excuse, as he had passed away two months before the show premiered. What is the name of the other actor who never appeared on the long-running USA Network original show? Pretty sure Matt and I can lock in. I'm just confirming with him because we're both huge fans of this show. All right, so um, we can talk because it's not going to sway their answer. No. All right, you got um, Bender. He was probably on it. Emilio Estevez, maybe not. Could be. Um, Michael Anthony Mo Hall. Would Molly Ringwald be on it? Molly Ringworm? Maybe. I prob Anthony Michael Hall would probably be on it. I would go with Emilio. Okay. Yeah. We'll go Emilio Estevez. You're going with uh, Emilio, the mighty duck man. Yeah. I think Emilio is probably uh, you know, too big for his britches for psych. He's like, who's the show calling me? I don't want to do this. Curious if your if your reasoning is right. Well, we know Judd Nelson. He was a scientist, a, a virologist. Uh, Ali Sheedy was. Uh, I don't want to give any 
spoilers away. It doesn't really matter. It's been over for a long time. Uh, she was Yang. And then uh, you have um, Auntie Michael Hall is a new chief. And uh, Molly Ringwald was a, a Nurse Ratchet-type character at a, a mental institution, which leaves Matt. Emilio. Correct answer is Emilio Estevez. But he was name-dropped um, in the episode Someone's Got a Woody. Sean introduced himself as Emilio Estevez Estevez. Um, uh, yes, Ali Sheedy played the serial killer Mr. Mr. Yang in multiple episodes. Anthony Michael Hall was interim police chief Harrison Trout in multiple episodes. John Capelos, Capelos, um, who was the, um, the custodian, uh, he plays the head of the city council and then mayor of Santa Barbara, Tom Swaggerty, in two episodes. Judd Nelson is Dr. Stephen Reidman, expert of the Thornburg virus for the CDC in the episode Death is in the Air. And Molly Ringwald plays Nurse McElroy in Sean Interrupted. Question three. Which of the Great Lakes did the Edmund Fitzgerald sink into? We can lock in. What about what about Erie? It'd be it would be Erie if if a boat sank into it, right? I kind of like that. Erie's uh, no, don't like that. Well, no, it's a little it's a little east. Obviously, there there's a it's around. Um, uh, I feel like if it was in Michigan, we would have we would know that it happened like you know in the decade preceding our births, so. Yeah, yeah I, I know, but, but there, we, somebody would have talked about it at some point. Well, yeah, I'll, I'll give you whatever you think then from those two, or if you well, want to go rogue, it's I fine. said Erie, so that's what I think. <laughs> All right, we'll go Lake Erie. Well, I know um, Neil actually got an apartment that I was going for over me because he was in the wreck of the Andrea Doria, but um, what, 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 did, what did we say? Um, I believe this is Lake Superior. And it is Lake Superior. Um, Looks like we had a superior answer. We did. <laughs> A little bonus fact that you might have seen floating around Facebook is um, due to the cold temperature of the lake, um, dead bodies tend to not come up. So everybody who died on the ship is probably still entombed in the ship down there. (laughs) I needed to preempt Jeff being the Debbie Downer. Um, This is the only button on the soundboard that's allowed, by the way, guys. (laughs) Yeah, that's pretty sad too. Matt and I, we're we're playing a strategy here because we are the comeback kids. We have to have a little separation so we can come back. So, is that what it is? That's what it is. Uh, question four: Which soccer player who happened to be a member of the U.S. team held the record for most international goals scored with a whopping 184, surpassed in January 2020 by Canadian Christine Sinclair? Could have, could have answered any. Could be. I was thinking of maybe someone else, but no, I'm fine with that. Okay, we're locked in. Um, so I don't think it was Mia Ham, right? Yeah, I thought that could be a red herring. Like uh, I was trying to think of who uh, who the other big scorers were from her era. Yeah, but I think it might have been from the the team after who played a long time. Um, what's her with is Webb the last name? Is she? Does that sound familiar? It's not rap, you know, right? That's too too current, right? Yeah. Uh, Abby Wambach was part of those 2000s World Cup teams that scored a whole bunch. Did you know that and Abby I... Wambach's uh, poops are actually in the shape of cubes? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. And American flags. 
yeah, I like your thinking there. I think you're right. Maybe it's the team after Mia Hamm because uh, I think that'd be the the way to kind of go initially. But you'd want to change it. So yeah, do you want to go then, Abby Wambach? Yeah, I like that. All right, we're going with Megan Rapino. Correct answer is Abby Wambach. So let's good job, the, guys. Let the comeback commence. Um, this next one is not a soccer question, so sorry about that. Yay. <laughs> question five. After breaking up for the first time in 1970, Simon and Garfunkel reunited the first time in 1972. Old friends. <laughs> to play a fundraising concert for which failed presidential candidate. All right. After a bit of conversation, I think I recall something from a movie about this election, but I can't quite put it together. So we're just kind of trying to logic the answer and we're locked in. Okay. So Neil, you texted me McGovern, which led me to my ill-advised McCheese reference. Um, do you think you think that's right? You think he's tried to McGovern his way to the White House? I don't know if that's right. I, I just, we mentioned Mondale to each other, but I'm pretty sure it's the 80s. Um, yeah, I want to say, isn't that mm-hmm. 84 against Reagan? Yeah. That sounds right. Um, but I just, I don't know if it's from a movie or whatever, kind of like Ken was saying, I just remember the name McGovern running. I don't, he didn't win. Um, maybe it was the West Obviously. Wing. I don't know. Yeah, right. Um, so <laughs> that's the only name I'm coming up with. I can't think of another. Well, if it's from a movie, then it might be right. And so we'll lock in with McGovern. And we thought maybe Jimmy Carter shot his shot. Correct answer is George McGovern. Um, And he lost terribly uh, in that election. So maybe it wasn't a good omen for Simon and Garfunkel either. All right. The uh, comeback kids have uh, made up the ground that they lost. Um, It is now 125 to 130. Both teams scoring 30 points in the first half of the second round. Right. Moving into question six. In the movie Shrek, as a distraction, Fiona sends Donkey out to find a blue flower with red thorns after Shrek is shot in the, uh, let's say, rear end with an arrow. Even though he does pick the right flower in the end, he says the task would be so much easier if what? Uh, We can lock in. I know that Donkey enjoys waffles. I've seen that before. Yeah, we could go with we could go. This would be a lot easier if it was yeah, if it was waff, making waffles. <laughs> it's definitely a thing that he said. You're not wrong there. So, hey, we're we're making waffles. That's our answer. Yeah, the answer to this question becomes easier if you think about it in Eddie Murphy's voice. Um, <laughs> I believe the answer is if I weren't colorblind. The correct answer is if he wasn't colorblind. He's walking around going, blue flower, red thorns, blue flower, red thorns. This would be so much easier if I wasn't colorblind. <laughs> he does find it, go. though. So, Question seven. Only one president's child has ever died in combat. His name was Quentin Roosevelt, and he was a war pilot who died in air combat. His father was not the president at the time. Who was his father? It's a trap. It's a trap. it's gotta be a trap right unless it's just a 50 50 i think we're overthinking it i think it's a trap there's no way this is not a trap can't be like teddy roosevelt's kid all right fine say teddy Teddy roosevelt fall into the trap and he died in world war one or something i don't know i mean that's uh, that's the obvious answer but uh 
Go ahead. Let's say what? it. Let's say Teddy Roosevelt. <laughs> you're, and very, then, you're very indignant. And then right uh, you can get me a cup of coffee as an apology. Well, I think that the the trap is if it's FDR or Teddy, right? I think that's what the thing is. But I I was leaning Teddy. You too, Neil? Yeah. I When I first thought it was a trap, I was like, maybe it's Wilson or Truman. And it was like a war, you know, wartime president. But maybe it is just a simple trap. And yeah, I agree with you. Let's just go with Teddy. Mm-hmm. And you can buy me a cup of coffee if we're wrong. No. <laughs> well, you both get to save your money because it was Teddy Roosevelt. Um, All right, Jeff. <laughs> I will be going to get my own coffee from the kitchen. Can I get you anything while I'm while I'm over there? <laughs> <laughs> um, he he died in World War One, so um, right around that time. Uh, uh, he had a nephew who was also named Quentin Roosevelt who was a pilot who died in World War II. Oh, man. Um, but I got this question. The cursed name. <laughs> yeah, I got this question from my dad, whose name is Quentin. So. Roosevelt. <laughs> Not Roosevelt. I'm actually a descendant. Can I get you anything? Bottle of water, LaCroix? I'm okay, thank you. Mm-hmm. Oh, LaCroix, please. Cup of coffee. Are you going to the kitchen? I'm going to the kitchen. I'll not, take a bottle of water. Not for you, though, because uh, <laughs> this was an accord between me and Jeff. Let me tell you something though. Both both of those Quintons, they were beside themselves because uh, feed, normally every feed day they joke. Here it comes. Here it comes. <laughs> they enjoyed thirty thousand feet every time they went up in the air. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, that was the wet time. It was oh, worth it. Good job, Neil. That was excellent. <laughs> Thank you. All right, doing a little cut here. Um, I went to the kitchen and got Neil a water per his request. Got myself uh, another sip of coffee. So let's proceed to the next question. All right, question eight. Carrie Underwood's husband is a former professional hockey player who has played center for the Ottawa Senators and the Nashville Predators. What is his name? We can lock in on this one. Great. Now, Neil, do you know this one? Um, so Carrie, I think, dated a hockey player at one point. Uh, I can't remember the name. Um, well, if she took his last name... It would, she would sound like a Star Wars character actress. Um, oh, yeah. He might be a cousin of yours. Because um, I believe his name is Mike Fisher. Oh, no. I thought, oh, my God. I complete, I'm on migraine medicine. I thought you meant Sex in the Sea, Carrie Bradshaw. <laughs> I was thinking of a hockey player that she dated. But I think Mr. it was, Big? I think Samantha dated a hockey player. Anyway, we'll go with your answer. Oh, my God. <laughs> my- so um, I actually might have this wrong because there was a it was funny because there was a player on the Predators named Neil as a last name and one named Fisher as a last name and I said that's weird they both play on the Predators um so I remembered it was one of those two guys and I went with James Neal but it might be Mike Fisher Kellen Oh yeah sorry <laughs> the answer the answer is Mike Fisher All right good job guys I botched it the Predators, the only team that Chris Hansen will not root for. <laughs> um, okay, question nine. A Yale lab recently announced that they have developed a vaccine against what infectious disease that got its name from a medieval Italian translation of the phrase bad air? Oh, we can lock in. Can you think of a, of a disease that's airborne that is... Prevalent around the world, I mean, the vaccine would be like, needed for it, like not COVID nineteen. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can you think of I one think col- cholera? 
Cholera's one. Isn't it? <laughs> oh. Don't yeah. don't you dare cut the soundboard off when I press that button. I kind of I like your I mean the clue in there about the medieval Italian makes me think it's got to be something that's been around a really long time. Right, let's put our fingers together. <laughs> I like your cholera. Could it be? Love could it be like Black Plague though? Could there? Could they have finally made the vaccine? I kind of like the plague. I don't know if that is like too. I don't who like does plague, it? But, you know, hot take. <laughs> bad. Hot, the plague is bad. Uh, we can. I think. I think. <laughs> you're you're breaking your rules of three. It's no longer funny. Um, but if you do it one more time, it's funny again. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. Again. <laughs> oh, there yeah, it is. It's a new a new three. Uh, Whatever you want to go with, Matt. Uh, let's go. Let's go with the Black Plague. I don't think this has anything to do with it being airborne. I think they just didn't know where it came from. But I think it's malaria. It is airborne in a way. I, I guess it is. I guess technically you're right. Which is the best kind of right? <laughs> the correct answer is malaria, and it's an RNA vaccine, just like um, our good friend the COVID vaccine. Nice. It's substantial them. how much um actually interesting stuff has come out of having the pandemic as far as new vaccine technologies so yeah yep. very exciting if you want to find some silver lining there you go um question 10 mostly found in farmhouses constructed in the 19th century in vermont and other new england states these type of windows are seen pitched at a 45 degree angle and tucked up under the eaves of the second story of a home. By what spooky name are they colloquially known, supposedly for their ability to keep their namesake out? Matt, we can lock in, actually. Do you think it's, like, ghost ghost light or something like that? Ooh. Ghost, ghost light, light, moonlight. Um... Keeping their na- namesake out. Spooky. I'd say it's definitely ghost would it be like ghost window or I think ghost light sounds good. I think ghost light sounds cool. Yeah, that's the name of my new band. I was doing some research uh, for a book I'm working on, uh, just looking at windows uh, for for some reason. And uh, I went down a rabbit hole on these windows because I thought it was so interesting. Houses still had them. And houses actually have stairways that are made to keep uh, these, I don't even, I guess, people out. Anyway, uh, I believe it's a witch window. And the correct answer is a witch window. Um, they have a couple other names, but that's um, what you'll see a lot of people refer to them as. Um, and they're pretty odd looking, but also I kind of want one wherever I end up living. All right. Not too much change in the uh, second half there. It is 160 to 155 with us still in the lead. So the comeback kids do need a comeback. Let's hope the final round helps out some. Um, the categories for your final round are Fred Daphne, Velma, Shaggy, and Scooby. The wagers are now locked in, and it turns out both teams are pushing in their chips. So 30 points all the way down for both teams. It's going to be a true final. All right. So let's kick it off. Um, Fred. Fred the Red is the mascot for which English football club? Daphne. Daphne Moon on the TV show Frasier was played by Jane Leaves, who made her feature film debut as an uncredited dancer in which Monty Python film? Should have saw that coming. <laughs> Velma. The EPA's Visualizing Ecosystem Land Management Assessments Model, or 
Velma model is used to improve the water quality of streams, rivers, and estuaries. What is an estuary? You might know this one if you're a fan of Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas or the John Denver and the Muppets A Christmas Together album. Shaggy. According to the lyrics on Genius.com, how many times does Shaggy say, wasn't me, in the song, it wasn't me, within two? And Scooby. Which Frank Sinatra standard did Fred Silverman credit as the inspiration for Scooby-Doo's name? All right, we'll think about the answers. We'll be right back. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances. I sit down with NerdWallet's team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. We answer your real-world money questions and break down the latest personal finance news. The nerds will give you the clarity you need by cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. We don't promote get-rich-quick schemes or hype unrealistic side hustles. Instead, we offer practical knowledge that you can apply in your everyday life. You'll learn about strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. And you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. You can spend less time staying in the know about all things gaming and get more time to actually play the games you love with the IGN Daily Update Podcast. All you need is a few minutes to hear the latest from IGN on the world of video games, movies, and television with news, previews, and reviews. You'll hear everything from Comic-Con coverage to the huge Diablo 4 launch. So listen and subscribe to the IGN Daily Update wherever you get your podcasts. That's the IGN Daily Update wherever you get your podcasts. As we say on Triviality, all the answers are locked in. All right. So question one, Fred. Fred the Red is the mascot for which English football club? All right, again, 30 points all the way down for both teams. Um, Manchester United is a football team, and they wear red, so we said Man U. That's the best we can do. Uh, Well, those are good reasons, and they're probably 100% correct because we also said Man U. Correct answer, Manchester United. A little bonus fact, Fred's full name is Fred Jones, and he was originally going to be named Ronnie or Jeff, but spelled the wrong way, the G-off. G off. Hmm. Goff. <laughs> Question two Daphne. Daphne Moon on the TV show Frasier was played by Jane Leaves, who made her feature film debut as an uncredited dancer in which Monty Python film? All right, so this one we had pretty much between Holy Grail, which had a dance sequence, and um, I don't think Life of Brian had one, and Meaning of Life did have lots of dance sequences. So, um, it came down to how old we thought she was, and we thought she was probably younger on the sh- on the sh- show Frasier than we had perceived. So we said Meaning of Life. We were between Meaning of Life and Life of Brian. Actually, I didn't think it was Monty or Holy Grail, uh, and uh, we couldn't remember dance sequence in Life of Brian. So we just defaulted to Meaning of Life. I think the closest thing to a dance sequence in 
life of Brian is always look on the bright side of life, but not a lot of dancing right. going on. Um, it is the meaning of life. They were immobilized. <laughs> yeah. Let's say. <laughs> um, Let's say they're immobilized. It is the meaning of life. Uh, her full name is Daphne Blake, and she was originally going to be named Kelly. Hmm. Um, question three, Velma. The EPA's Visualizing Ecosystem Land Management Assessments Model, or VELMA model, is used to improve the water quality of streams, rivers, and estuaries. What is an estuary? Yeah, me and Jeff uh, debated about this one, and eventually we landed on, we think an estuary is an underground waterway. Um, I thought that an estuary was like a a body of water that the rivers kind of fed into before it went out to sea or to the ocean or something like that. So some kind of like pool or something along those lines. So that's what we locked in with. Um, I'll give you the points cause it's, uh, hard to, you know, word for word match it. Um, it's essentially where a freshwater source, a river meets a saltwater source, uh, partially enclosed kind of coastal water body. And the, Emmett Otter slash John Denver hint is um, there's a song called River Where the River Meets the Sea. And that's essentially mm. it. Ah, so it's a it's a place where fresh and salt water mix. Yeah, yes. Make brackish water. Um and to continue the pattern, Velma was gonna her full name was Velma Dinkley, but she was originally gonna be called Linda, which wouldn't have been the same. Um, question four, Shaggy. According to the lyrics on Genius.com, how many times does Shaggy say, wasn't me, in the song, it wasn't me, within two? Yeah, we labored over this one as well, but we landed on 12. Ooh. Uh, we thought he said it seven times per chorus, seven or eight times per chorus, and we were trying to figure out how many choruses there were. Uh, and we kind of just settled on the number 24 just to kind of um, give us some leeway there, so... The answer is 14, so points mm. to Ken and Jeff. He says it seven times per course, and there are two choruses. And Oh, man, mm. I thought there were more. Yeah. No, he doesn't say it that much. Rick Rock says I it don't once. Think. All right, so it's all coming down to this last question, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a Frank Sinatra question, so we can guess which way this one's going to bounce. <laughs> Congratulations, guys. Um, for Scooby, which Frank Sinatra standard did Fred Silverman credit as the inspiration for Scooby-Doo's name? Yep, Sinatra known for singing Doobie Doobie Doo, but we're not sure which song that was in, so we said Ain't That a Kick in the Head because that's what we're about to get. <laughs> um, I'll throw it to Matt for this one. Uh, it's a play, It's a, a song title that um, represents the types of people Matt and I like to hang out with. Yep, and I'm going to throw it back to Neil because I actually don't know it. Okay, well, we like, <laughs> to, away, hang, Neil. We like to hang out with Strangers in the Night. That's what we locked in with. The correct answer is Strangers in the Night. Um, Shaggy, oh, to go back, Shaggy's legal name is Norville Rogers, and he was going to be called W.W., um, and Scooby's legal name is Scoobert Doo, um, and his original name was Too Much. Oh, wow. Just to round it off. I don't like that alternate universe with W.W. and Too Much. This is my dog. in their van. Too Much. <laughs> Okay, well, I, we read the tea leaves, and it looks like the Comeback Kids fulfilled their name against the uh, Team Charisma. Oh. Uh, we ended up with 190 points. Good showing, but the Comeback Kids are the cream of the crop today with 245. Congratulations, you're the cream of the crop, boys. 
Yeah, I know. I'm living in a nightmare, and I am the cream. Thank you. It's a hard-fought game. Matt uh, came in strong with the estuary question. I didn't know the answer to that, and I was lucky enough to know the Sinatra one, so I think that's what put us over the top. Yeah, it was very... It basically came down to one question, so excellent job, guys. Good yeah, job. I believe it was our density to uh, to win this game. It was. It's my <laughs> density... All right, Kellen, it was your density to provide this great game, and we certainly appreciate that. Great questions and a good get rate today. Yeah, thanks for playing and having fun. Yeah, we're always happy to have you. Put on my pants today just for her. Actual oh, pants, nice. not sweatpants. That's a, that's an honor. Yeah. All right, that's going to do it for this episode. Um, once again, make sure to check out Kellen's podcast, Old Friends Who Have Just Met. Thanks a lot, guys. This was a lot of fun uh, for Matt, Jeff, Neil. Kellen and myself, Ken, that was Triviality. It's the, uh, it's the AC. Let me turn it off because it's so hot here okay. in LA. It's warm I was going to say because it came out of nowhere. I was like, where did it come from? Oh my God, it's like really hot. It's like so hot in LA. Oh my God, the sun, it's like so sunny right now. We got some tacos. Oh, you haven't had a taco till you've had a taco in LA.